Church, here's what I'd like to do now. I, I'd like to move into a time of prayer, okay, which I think is vitally important for people of faith to connect and commune with the Almighty God regularly, okay? Regularly is very, very important. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to go to the book of Psalms, which is often referred to as the prayer book, okay? Literally, if you were to open up the Word of God right in the middle of Scripture, of your Holy Bible, is the book of Psalms, often referred to as the very heart of God, the very heart of His Word. Here's something else. As, as I was thinking about uh, the book of Psalms, you know, you and I, as people of faith, don't need any more fluff, okay, in life. What we need, what we desire, okay, what we seek each and every day is truth, you see, biblical truth. Truth will keep us honest, it will hold us accountable, and it will ground us. We find truth, church, in the Word of God. And you know, truth has honesty with it too. The book of Psalms is honest, and we need to be filled with honest biblical truth. Okay, so having said that, let us go to these holy words now as a way of anchoring us for a time of prayer. If you would, please join me this morning. I will praise you in the great assembly. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of those who worship you. The poor will eat and be satisfied. All who seek the Lord will praise Him. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. Amen and amen. Church, if you would, let us bow before Lord God Almighty and let us bear our hearts to Him in an attitude of prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh God, just one week ago, the weather was different, our lives were different, many of us still could not even get out of our driveways. And here we are. The weather is warm, it's humid outside, it gives us an opportunity for our driveways to be cleared, for the roads to be cleared, and we, Lord, through the power and the might of the Holy Spirit, have been led here, Lord, because we're hungry. We're spiritually hungry. We come seeking, as your word says, whole milk, the whole milk that we can receive from your word, the word of God. So hear our prayer now, O Lord. Heavenly Father, as you sent Abraham out to a new place and a new land, so you invite us to anticipate worlds and realms beyond our imaginations. As we journey in faith, bless with your presence, that our new life in your new world may be as real as this day we call today. The day of the Lord is coming.
he abounds in steadfast love. O Holy Spirit, our heavenly helper, you call us to worship the Lord, our keeper. He does not slumber, nor does he sleep. He preserves our lives forevermore. The day of the Lord is coming. He abounds in steadfast love. Lord Jesus Christ, life giver to the dead, with the Father and the Holy Spirit, you call us into existence, that we do not exist, things too wonderful for us even to imagine. You justify the ungodly with your own righteousness, and by faith we receive your grace as a pure gift. Lord, the day of the Lord is coming. He abounds in steadfast love. Lord Jesus, you taught Nicodemus heavenly things. Give us ears now to hear your heavenly word, and a heart to accept your grace of a new birth that is only from above. As you were lifted up upon the cross, so we too might lift our hearts in faith that we may have eternal life with you. The day of the Lord is coming. He abounds in steadfast love. The day of the Lord is coming. He abounds in steadfast love. Lord, though we remember that we are dust, and to dust we shall return, we remember this very day that we, Lord, are your precious dust. And in this we pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave us the Lord's Prayer, praying together now as the body of Christ. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Church, I am turning now to the first book of God's Word this morning, the 17th chapter of the book of Genesis. I'm going to be reading several verses, verses 1 through 7, and then verses 15 and 16. This is about a covenant. It's also about a significant name change for a couple. Hear now these words, and Lord, we ask your blessing upon this, your scripture, and the proclamation of it. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. 
At this, Abram fell down on the ground. Then God said to him, This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. I will no longer, or it will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And I will give the entire land of Canaan where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever, and I will be their God. And now picking up, with verse 15. Then God said to Abraham regarding Sarah, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarah. From now on, her name will be Sarah, and I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. Church, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. So church, let let me ask you, did you uh, happen to uh, take note or uh, even count how many times the word covenant was used in our scripture text. Uh, It was uh, repeated uh, several times. Uh, The word covenant was used uh, in our particular text four times, okay? And and I've said this before, and I think it's worthy of noting again. Anytime a word repeats itself in the word of God, it's something to be recognized. It's something to pay attention to. We need to alert ourselves to words that repeat themselves. So, a biblical covenant is something vital, okay, in the Word of God. So, I, I, want, to, I want to explore that with you uh, this morning. So, firstly, let, let's define what a biblical covenant is, okay? A biblical covenant is more than just a contract, okay? Did you hear that? Okay. You and I know uh, what a contract is. A contract then, as well as a contract now, of course, can be uh, between two people. Here's the thing in my own research that, that I, I found out. Sometimes those contracts were forced, okay? They were forced from one party upon another, okay? So a biblical covenant is more than our understanding of a contract. What what I want us to take from the word covenant is simply this, okay? It is a mutual 
coming together. A mutual coming together. Now, let me explain that further, and I'm going to give you a little bit of context. So, if you would, refer to the screen for a moment. There are two kinds of covenants that we see throughout the Word of God that are very important. The first being between mankind, man and man, coming to some kind of mutual understanding, coming to a mutual agreement about something. They, of course, tie families together, they make new families, and they define relationships between entire people and even groups of people. A covenant between man and man. Take note of that. Now, Here's where it gets really interesting, okay? And here's what we see as a common theme throughout the Word of God, a covenant between God and man, okay? And that is what we have specifically in our text for this morning. So a covenant between God and man. These are the ones that in fact shape the entire story of God's Word because they come up often, okay? Few things that make these covenants special, okay, that, that I wanted to explore with you. Number one, God is his own witness, okay, in this covenant that he has with man. Think about it like this. When a man swears an oath, he swears by something that, of course, is higher than himself. God, though, think about it, doesn't have that option, some of God's covenants are completely unconditional, okay, which means there's no strings attached. They're not sustained by human performance. Think about it like this. God makes his covenant with Abraham, okay, in the 15th chapter of Genesis. He doesn't require anything from Abram, okay? Also, we see another unconditional covenant through the person of David. And that was another expression, example of an unconditional covenant. So I, I, I want you to hear the word covenant once again from the scriptures. I'm turning uh, to the 17th chapter once again. I'm going to pick up with verse 2. Hear it, okay? It says this, verse 2, I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. And then I'm going to pick up with verse 4. It says, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. And then verse 7, hear this, I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants. And then 7b, this is an everlasting covenant. So you see, in this particular sense, God is initiating this covenant with Abram and with Sarah, okay? Very important there, a covenant between God and mankind. Now, here's what's interesting, okay? Very interesting for you and I to note here. It was in this covenant, okay, where God speaks of the future of what will happen for Sarah and Abram, 
that their name then changed. Did you catch that? That as God tells this couple, who, by the way, did you catch their age? 99 years old, a ripe old age of 99 years old. Hey, I am going to give you a child, and that will then produce nations upon nations through your line. It was within that covenant, within that promise, that their name then changed. Okay, let's take a look at their names for a minute. Very important here. The name changed. Abram's name was exalted father. Think of that like this. Abram had his responsibilities within his household. Did he not take care of his wife, take care of his family? What happened when his name changed? When Abram went from Abram to Abraham, he is now the father of a multitude of nations. That would happen through his son. His name changed because of the changed role he would then have in the future. Let's take a look at Sarah. Sarah signifies my princess. Again, responsibilities, duties within the confines of her family and home. When that name change happened, guess what happened? Sarah signifies my princess as if her honor were confined to her own family. Now, given the name Sarah, she is then a princess among many nations. Church, there is true power in a covenant that God makes with his people. Very important there. Even names change within covenants that God makes with his people. Now, let's speak of this in terms of of our life with Jesus Christ. If you noticed, with a new name comes a new identity. And that's very important. Within the covenant in Scripture, a new name signifies a new identity. Hey, I'm going to pick up with chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. Read along, if you would, please, on the screen. It says this, Now may the God of peace, who brought you up from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he now equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Church, as covenant-minded people, there is power in a name. There is power that we find and know in the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross at Calvary. As covenant-minded people, we uphold 
and value and look at our covenants that we have with God in Jesus Christ as sacred and as holy. Everything from the covenant of marriage to the covenant we have in the scriptures that we trust and obey, those covenants, church, they mean something. We stand on them. We stand on them because they have merit and value. They show us something very important, and that is the promises of God Almighty. So we stand on what we believe in. We are a covenant-minded people. But let me close with this. There are ways in which the enemy can threaten a covenant-minded person. And you better believe that the enemy is going to attack the covenants that you value and you hold and think of as sacred. The ways in which the enemy will attack a covenant-minded person, the promises of the Word of God that we are given in this sacred book is in this way. Lust. Giving in to lust. Hear me now. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the lust of of pride will corrode and sabotage a covenant-minded person, church. So beware of that and know that. And if you know that and are aware of that, here's what you do when the devil tries to snare you and consume you. You give to God what trips you up. You give to God those temptations and say, Lord, on my own as a covenant-minded person, I can't overcome it. I can't overcome the sin. I can't deal with it and conquer it on my own. But you, Almighty God, who is the covenant creator, the covenant maker, you can handle this. So, church, what I'm getting at is, as a covenant-minded person, if there is something that you are wrestling with, struggling with, temptation, you must surrender it to God and say, Lord, I cannot do this on my own. I must give it to you for help, for clarity. But you see, we need to put that temptation of pride aside and get to the point where we say, Lord, I can't do it on my own. I need your help. So it's a matter of surrender. And once we have surrendered, then God is able to do what God can only do, and that is work through us, which is a way of the Holy Spirit sharpening us and strengthening us and making us spiritually in tune with His presence and His promises that we know through these biblical covenants. Church, if you are able to put the pride aside, put 
the lust aside, your mind, your eyes, your heart, your spirit, it will be clean and pure so that you can always keep your heart and your eyes and your spirit and your very soul in tuned with what matters and is eternal. And that is the very presence of God. You see, church, the power of the words of the covenant, they matter. And I pray that we can put our minds there. I pray that we can put our prayers there. I pray that we can be one with the Almighty and be lifted up and encouraged and inspired by the promises that we know in the covenants through Jesus Christ. For you see, with a name change comes a new identity, and we are given that through our faith and our baptism in the holy waters of Jesus our Lord. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, covenants, they matter, Lord. The world tells us differently. The world tells us, just do what you want to do. Live how you want to live with no regard for anyone else, with only having regard for self. But Scripture says something very different. Scripture says that covenants are important. They are holy. They're meant to be abided by. They're meant, oh God, to be taken seriously. It's a covenant-minded person that is a true and valuable witness for friends, for family, and for the world. As covenant-minded people, Lord, we're tempted. Lord, we often mess up and sin, but it's your grace through Jesus Christ on the cross at Calvary that makes us whole, that makes us forgiven, that gives us an opportunity for a second chance and a fresh start. So I pray, Lord, that no matter where our hearts and our minds are in this very moment, I pray that we know that we are redeemed and forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ, for names are a powerful symbol of a new identity that we have in Jesus Christ. I pray that we can see that. I pray that we can think like that. And I pray that we can live like that and keep our covenants that we have with you and with one another holy and on high each and every day. And we ask this in Jesus' holy and powerful name. Amen.